0: Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Joey could not make it for this episode, so gonna be a solo one, but I did want to talk about waiver wire pickups this week. Now I know it's only week one, and you probably have your squad for the most part, right? Going into week 1, we just had our drafts. We kind of know what we're doing. We kind of have our lineups ready. But I have gotten questions. I have gotten some questions about desperate starts, um, you know, guys who should be on the back of rosters, that sort of thing. So, you know, I'm going to go over guys who were, you know, taken or not taken like super late in drafts, guys who might be available that you might want to pick up that might be like, you know, late round upside guys or, you know, guys right at the fringe of of you know whether they should be on a roster or not. Do they have some upside? I want to kind of go over all that, and I'll do it by you know by position. Um, and, and let's start with running backs. Now, one thing that we that I personally like to do, um, and you can definitely do this on the Yahoo platform for the most part, but you know you can get away with something similar on other platforms. And, and, and that's basically you know picking up guys for certain games and then being able to drop them right after that game. So, on Yahoo, for example, I know that I'm able to pick up um, a player, like, for a Thursday night game, and I can drop them. As long as I didn't play that player and that player was on my bench, I can drop that player, like, any time during the Thursday night game, after the Thursday night game, on Friday, or on Saturday. And, you know, I have an option to pick up a player, you know, to replace that player that played on Thursday. I know some platforms... And some league settings don't allow that. Like when a player has already played, whether he's on your bench or in your starting lineup, they're like locked into your roster until all the games are over. And then you can only drop them like after the games are done. Like for the entire slate for the weekend. And I get that. Um, But still, in this particular case, you know, it might be worth it. And, And I want to talk about this Thursday night's game. Cowboys and Bucks. And to be honest with you, I can't even believe that there's a game this Thursday. Like, I'm super pumped right now. Like, it's amazing. (laughs) I'm excited. Um, So I'm glad that we're able to watch the football. But anyway, what I I wanted to talk about was Tony Pollard, right? Like, if Tony Pollard's available, right, you don't want to just, like, leave him on the waiver wire, or you don't want to let somebody else pick up Tony Pollard. And the reason for that is, obviously, you know, Zeke is the guy in Dallas. But if Zeke were to go down this Thursday... What would happen if Tony Pollard is on the waiver wire? People are going to drop all their fab to grab Tony Pollard because Tony Pollard is a league-winning running back. He's someone who has every down upside on a great offense. He's going to get targets. He's going to get carries. Um, it, it's going to be legit if he ever gets that opportunity. But if Zeke were to get hurt and Tony Pollard wasn't on your team, you you, you got asked out, right? Or he wasn't, you know, he wasn't picked up, and you have to drop. A ridiculous amount of fab or if you still play in in an archaic version uh, of waiver wire uh pickups and you have to like wait for your waiver priority whatever it is by the way just go to fab it's so much better instead of waiting for for when you get the number one waiver priority every single person in your league has an opportunity to get any single player any given week when it comes to waivers that is preferred um but anyway I, i'm gonna digress a lot in this since i have no one to talk to i'm kind of talking to myself that's kind of how I feel right now. But anyway, Tony Pollard, somebody who needs to be rostered before this Thursday night game. Do it now, if you can, at the end of your bench. Hopefully you have somebody that you can drop that you probably will never start, doesn't even have that much upside. You're you're, you're handcuffing somebody because you're handcuffing your, like, you know, your early down running back. Like You have Ramondre Stevenson on your team. You're like, hey, this dude has upside, but Damian Harris is there. And even if Damian Harris gets hurt, Ramondre will only get early downs. Maybe J.J. Taylor comes in a little bit too. Who knows? That's not somebody I'd rather have at, my, and at the end of my bench. I'd rather have Tony Pollard if he's available. Okay. Gio Bernard. I know he's he's not healthy right now. He has a high ankle sprain. But if Leonard Fournette were to go down, if Rojo were to go down this game, and they're out for an extended period of time, by the time Gio Bernard comes back, he's going to have a larger role. And Tom Brady wanted Gio. Um, he had James White there. He had somebody who can catch the ball. Gio, just as as recently as last year, Hadn't you know? was playing seventy five percent of snaps in certain games, um, and he performed. So it's possible that he gets a bigger role uh, than we think, um, and it's not just like the satellite back role that he has right now, but that's with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones in the in the mix as well. Gio Bernard not as pri- as much of a priority pickup as Tony Pollard would be, obviously. But um, you know, this is the type of situation where like, okay, cool, Zeke comes out of the game unscathed. Leonard Fournette and Rojo are just fine coming out of the game. You just drop you just drop these guys, right? Uh, Tony Pollard is a situation where like he should be rostered. Like at all times, right? Um you know, the only time you drop him is when like, you know, you really need to drop somebody, right? And you need to pick up somebody to help your team. I, I totally get it. Bye-bye weeks come, you, you have to make a choice. Sure. That obviously that, that that's what you have to do. But Gio Bernard, you know, that's the easy, easy scenario where you just drop the dude. Right, you just drop them, pick up the next guy, and you know if you can drop a guy and pick up a guy like you know after this game, I would drop Gio, pick up the next guy Sunday morning, like the Sunday the, the early games on Sunday, pick up one of the handcuffs that are available, um and kind of do the same thing, and you can kind of do it you know with running backs, wide receivers, um, any of the guys that I mentioned in this podcast, right? Um, all these guys are potentially uh, names who. You know, could break out at some point, and if it's week one, you already have them on your roster. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Okay, moving on. That's a little bit too much on that one. So, Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson are are two running backs in a in an ambiguous backfield, and they're both relatively free and they're available in a lot of leagues still. Um, Michael Carter was being drafted, um, as it turned out, way too early, unfortunately. Um, it's possible that he comes on later in the season, but it, it's also possible that Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman are more trustworthy on third downs as they've shown in the preseason and in training camp. To me, um, I know Ty Johnson's ADP is, you know, before, uh, I'm sorry, Tevin Coleman's ADP is earlier than Ty Johnson's. And I get that Tevin Coleman, um, has been the presumed starter in camp and well, mostly we, we kind of confirmed that in preseason with the fact that they've been holding him out. And then when, the, he, di- when he did play, uh, it was basically a uh, two-man rotation between him and Ty Johnson with Michael Carter coming in later with the second team. Between these two guys, I like Ty Johnson. I think his combination of size, speed, what he showed last season, what he showed this preseason, he just looks good, right? And we saw Tevin Coleman in, in Kyle Shanahan system last year. And, you know, it wasn't amazing. But, listen, if Coleman is the starter, if he's getting most of the touches, he'll have value. But I think Ty Johnson can can be the, you know, can be, you know, more efficient in this offense. And he's somebody who can definitely hit the home run, home run ball as well. Um, he, he's, I, I kind of compare him to, like, the Jets version of Raheem Mozart, potentially. So, you know, he's somebody that, you know, I'm taking late round stabs at. And if he's available in one of my leagues, you know, I want to have him on my squad. Um, you know, in case he become, he is the 1A this Sunday. Um, you know, a, couple, a few more names at running back. You know, Saquon Barkley, you know, uh, it looks like he's going to play in week one, but who knows how much. Is he going to be on a pitch count? And we'll get more, you know, information there. But you, you want to keep an eye on Devontae Booker. You know, if Saquon, for whatever reason, he's ruled inactive, Devontae Booker becomes an instant RB2 um because he's likely going to play on all three downs he's going to get some passing work and obviously this offense isn't great this offensive line isn't great but you know he's going to be in the situation where he's going to be on the field a ton and that would that's what matters most for fantasy and he's going to get targets you know and you know he's obviously um not the most talented back in the world but he's capable in all three in all phases of the game so uh he's somebody that he would be uh instantly elevated to like a low-end rb2 mid rb2 type of range um Tyson Williams uh, and Le'Veon Bell are two guys that you want to look at, you know. Well, listen, Le'Veon Bell hasn't been signed yet, okay? Um, But they are working him out. It's possible that he gets added to the mix. Um, Obviously, Gus Edwards is the guy there, okay? Um, If Le'Veon Bell signs, like, I'm not worried about Gus Edwards. Um, You know, it, it does suck. These guys, you know, lost J.K. Dobbins and then they had to lose Justice Hill to a torn Achilles. Like, that's the two devastating injuries in that backfield. So there's no doubt that, that they need depth. Tyson Williams is the guy that I'd rather um, have right now just because he's on the Ravens squad. And it seems like if Justice Hill didn't go down with an injury, the Ravens were, you know, relatively... Um, you know, relatively satisfied at the position. Well, actually, I kind of take that back because if I'm not mistaken, they did put a waiver claim on, I think it was Wayne Gallman, right? Wayne Gallman, who ended up with the Falcons, right? So that's interesting. And that was before this injury to Justice Hill. Um, It's possible. I'm not sure when exactly they found out about this Justice Hill news, but it's probably something to look into. Um now Tyson Williams will likely be the one B in this offense. Um he looked good this preseason. Uh he's somebody that you might want to pick up, you know what I mean, just in case you know that it's uh, a true one A, one B type of situation. But Gus Edwards is likely going to be that dude. Um am I putting a huge priority in adding either of these guys? No. But if you're in a twelve team league and you need some running back depth, I think Tyson Williams is not a bad name to own uh to add, I'm sorry. And you know, as long as you know, you're not sacrificing any high upside guys to pick him up. Uh, Wayne Gallman, you know, he was um, he was claimed by the Falcons, right? I just mentioned that, and I think, you know, this is a situation now where Mike Davis has some competition here because you know Wayne Gallman is capable in all all three downs as well. Um, you know, he came in, you know, he played pretty well, uh, you know, in Saquon's absence over the last two years. Um, on all three downs. So, uh, as, as, far as yards after contact too, he, he, you know, he, he did his thing. So, you know, he's in a situation where, you know, he could get instant opportunity. How much opportunity is it? You know, we'll wait and find out. Um, I don't think this is a situation where like, he just like usurps, uh, Mike Davis, like super, like, you know, like right away or anything like that. I just think that, you know, this could be a one a one B type situation, uh, with Gallman being the one B, uh, am I putting any priority in adding him? No. Salvin Ahmed, um, this is an ambiguous backfield, right? So, like, if you're in a deep league, I would say, like, 14-team or so, you know, you, you put them at the end of your bench just to see how they play this out, right? New offensive coordinator, Chan Gailey, is not there anymore. Um, you know, so they might treat this backfield differently. It could be a three-man backfield. Miles Gaskin, I think, is the 1A here. Uh, Malcolm Brown, obviously, I, I just don't think Malcolm Brown's going to be in the fold too much. But Salvin Ahmed is somebody that I will be looking at um, as the guy who is – Giving Miles Gaskin the most competition, right? Um, he's somebody who can potentially, you know, do a lot on early downs, and Miles Gaskin potential can potentially be the passing down guy. Um, if this turns into a good offense, then you know there is some value there. So Salvin Ahmed, you know, somebody that I'll be attacking um, just because this is ambiguous backfield, 14 team leagues and up. Philip Lindsay. He's the lead back on a terrible team. So, you know, David Johnson is going to be the passing down guy when they're trying to catch up in games. He's going to be on the field. David Johnson probably has the most value of any running back on this team. Um, Can David Johnson be a PPR flex option? Yes, because of that fact. Uh, But there's nothing exciting. There's no upside here. And I'm just personally staying away from this entire offense. Alexander Madison, he's the guy I want to have on my bench whenever I can afford it. If if my team is healthy, I'm shooting for upside on my bench at all times. Uh, This is whether I have Dalvin Cook or not. And if I don't have Dalvin Cook, having Madison on my bench actually increases my upside because if Dalvin Cook were to get hurt, I'm actually adding Madison to my lineup. And that, you know, that increases my lineup's value a ton. You know, rather than if I had Cook already and I replaced him with Madison, you're actually losing a little bit of value there. Right, you you would get you would lose a whole lot of value if you didn't have the handcuff, if you didn't have Madison, or you couldn't get him on waivers. Um, but at the same time, you know if you if your guys stay healthy and you're able to, you know, reap the rewards of holding onto a handcuff for another player that you don't roster, um, there's a huge upside there. So Alexander Madison is right up there, right below Tony Pollard in terms of um, who I want as an every down handcuff this year. Um, the, you know, the good thing is that he did have some competition last year, um, in Mike Boone, and Mike Boone's not there anymore, so that's a good thing. So now, like, you know, bef- last year it was like, oh shit, Mike Boone had to go ahead and like, you know, ruin a game, you know, with Madison. But, but, but from from here on out, it seems like he's a th- clear three down handcuff. All right, let's see who else. Uh, James White, you know, he's been free. Um, the the Mac Jones, you know, news in terms of like. Cam Newton being cut and him winning the competition. You know, I think this is a this is a good thing for the pass catchers. This including James White. It's very possible that uh he's on the field a little bit more often now. Um, you know, with Mac Jones just because it gives him an extra target. Um, you know, Cam Newton might, you know, run the ball a little bit more. Um that means more pass attempts, and that means more potential targets for James White. Um, you know, he's somebody that could be like a depth PPR piece for you and somebody, you know, if you need to throw in, you know, in a desperate situation at running back, um, he's somebody that could potentially give you some value right away. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, Eagles, the Eagles have only three backs in the roster right now. Um, it's Boston Scott it's Miles Sanders, Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. And I think the, the Jordan Howard release, uh, really said a lot about Kenneth Gainwell and the fact that, you know, they trust him as their third back. Uh, they trust him as their third back and, Jordan Howard was re-signed to the practice squad, so it's very possible that he, you know, pops up in any given game. It happened last year, but he didn't really get too much of a workload. Um, but you know, obviously, there was a there is history between Jordan Howard and Mal- and Miles Sanders, and that being a, a you know a uh, a situation where there was a committee, but that wasn't last year. That was two years ago. So I'm not worried about Miles Sanders. Um, this is actually a good thing for him, but don't expect, you know. Uh, him to get a ton of targets this year. I think Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott can fit those roles. And if you're if you're like in a 12 team league and you need to to grab a late running back just for some depth and for some PPR upside, I think Kenneth Gainwell, somebody you know hugely you know productive um, at Memphis, and you know he could do some good things in the NFL as well. So I I I really think that. If you're going to take a late-round shot on any running back, I think kind of the game role is, is somebody who could have a role right out the, get, right out the gate. Uh, Duke Johnson just signed to the Jaguars practice squad. Um, this is a, a good move, you know, in my opinion, on their part. They got a good pass catcher. Obviously, you know, they were going to use Travis Etienne a ton in the pass game. <laughs> While Duke Johnson won't come in and fill that particular role, you know, James Robinson, Carlos Hyde, you know, not – you know, those are two guys who can easily give up a passing down role um, to Duke Johnson. I know that you know James Robinson caught a lot of passes last year, but he wasn't necessarily efficient um, when receiving the ball. He, he he was amazing last year, but it was due to a lot of volume and and a lot of volume turned into a lot of production. Um, but Duke Johnson could be the answer. Who has that passing down role. So if you were hoping that Carlos Hyde would be a thing this year, or like you were you were like, you know, putting him on the back of your roster for whatever reason to quote unquote handcuff James Robinson, even though he doesn't really have a handcuff, uh, because Carlos Hyde was never going to play on third downs, most likely. But listen, with Urban Meyer, you never know. Um But yeah, Dude Johnson's somebody who can they they can easily elevate at any point. Um and, and I think that would be a very interesting signing. Moving forward, all right, let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, Sterling Shepard is someone that you could easily play today. I'll play this week. I'm sorry, Galladay is back in practice, but I'm not trusting him right away. Um, he hardly got any practice time in with Daniel Jones this offseason, in training camp, and preseason, or, or anything, and they're six days away from playing. Right? I think Shepard can easily be the number one target for this team, for this offense this week. And if you're in a desperate, desperate position, desperate position, especially in PPR leagues, I have no problem throwing Sterling Shepard into your flex. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders as well. He's a legit flex option this week. Pass-heavy offense. Sanders has been the wide receiver too for this team in camp, and, and that seems to be confirmed this preseason based on where Josh Allen was, throwing, was going with the ball uh, without Stefan Diggs in the field. Uh, but, you know, like Sanders is not someone like I'm trusting all, all season long. Because of his age, because of his injuries, uh, but he can still contribute in a big way, and it looks like he'll get targets. So there will be some production there. Uh, Gabriel Davis is the guy that I prefer, you know, for the entirety of the season. If Sanders were to get hurt for whatever reason, uh, if Gabriel Davis were to somehow beat him out, um, I don't think that that will happen. But Gabriel Davis has a lot more upside than Sanders, and I think that if he were ever to get that wire, you know, that other that role on the outside like he had last year, he could take a step forward. Uh, for sure. This is a very pass-heavy offense. So Gabriel Davis, like he—he's—we saw what he could do with a num—with you know a number of targets, in, in, you know, in the last preseason game, and um, you know, he's just showing that you know he could potentially be a legit threat, uh, a, a potential wide receiver three, if Emmanuel Sanders were to go now. All right. So the Cardinals wide receiver situation be- behind DeAndre Hopkins you know, is a complete unknown in terms of where the target share is going to go. You got Rondell Moore, you got Christian Kirk, you got A.J. Green. It seems to me that A.J. Green is kind of a lock to be on the outside opposite DeAndre Hopkins, but 11 personnel and three wide receiver sets, and they they run primarily three wide, some four wide. Um, It could either be Rondell Moore or Christian Kirk in the slot, you know? Um, It's possible that Rondell Moore... Um, is more of a gadget guy. They bring him in the slot here and there, rotate him with, in with Christian Kirk, but with Kirk playing a majority of the slot, you know, running the majority of the slot routes. Um, and I think that's where he best fits. And I think that Christian Kirk is actually somebody who you can target like super late in drafts. And, and at this point, uh, should be on the back of rosters. Him and Rondell Moore should. Uh, and, you know, if you want to, put AJ Green in the back of your roster too, because whoever, if, if that second target or that second wide receiver in uh, Arizona can potentially be a, you know, part of a very tight distribution of targets. It's very possible that, you know, they are extremely valuable for fantasy, right? If there's a clear cutoff, like let's say DeAndre Hopkins, obviously he's going to get his 150 targets, right? And then the second target gets 125 or 120 or 110, and then there's a big drop off. Then that second target is gonna be pretty valuable. We just don't know who that's gonna be, right? So it could be Rondale Moore, and if it is, then he's gonna be extremely valuable because he's gonna get uh, he's gonna get those screens. He likely, most likely is gonna be have a low A dot um, you know, average depth of throw. So each target isn't gonna be worth as much, but he could rack up receptions, but he's also going to get some work out of the backfield in terms of carries, in terms of end arounds, um, that sort of thing. So you know, who would be more valuable if they had the role? It would be Christian Kirk. But it's, it's possible that they have Ronda Moore playing ahead of him at, at some point. Um, if I had to bet on somebody, it's probably Christian Kirk playing that slot role. All right. Uh, Terrace Marshall is somebody who, you know, who has who's had a pretty damn good preseason and showed some good – he had some good film. Um, but for some reason, his ADP hasn't gone up the way that other wide receivers have. And he doesn't, he's not as excited as he's not as exciting of a draft pick for most people because his ADP is kind of staying the same or just increasing by very little. You can still get him super late. Why? Right? Like he's likely going to be the big slot on this team. Sam Darnold loves throwing to the slot. Slam. Dar- Sam Darnold is in an offense run by Joe Brady. Um, who had had multiple wide receivers do great things at LSU in 2019. Um, and look, look what happened last year, right? Teddy Bridgewater had three wide receivers going top 30 and, you know, one of them left. So there, there are vacated targets here. So it's, it's, it's very possible That, you know, obviously Terrace Marshall won't have an every down role because Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are probably, you know, the mainstays in two wide receiver sets. But in three wide receiver sets, Terrace Marshall will come in and he can produce. So he's somebody that I'm looking at super late as a sleeper, and I think he should be rostered, honestly. Um, Rashad Bateman, you know, um, he's somebody, you know, who you're obviously you can't play him right now because he's on injured reserve. But he's somebody that I would definitely pick up and throw him in your IR slot if you have it. Um, it's worth it because he's a baller. Um, and this, regardless of what your thoughts are on, you know, Lamar Jackson, everyone has an opinion about him. Uh, mostly wrong. But Rashad Bateman is somebody who's a baller. And he can be a Keenan Allen type player in the NFL. So why not throw that guy on, on IR? See what happens you know you can basically have him for free in a lot of leagues a lot of people don't don't have him on their rosters and they're not even bothering him, bothering to put him in the IR, in their IR spot so he's somebody I'm definitely stashing because you kind of can stash him for free cuz you get that extra roster spot anyway uh Brian Edwards is you know obviously if you listen to my shit you know this offseason, he's been a huge sleeper for me, right? He didn't play all preseason, they're keeping him under wraps. Uh, the John Brown release didn't affect him at all because Brown was already playing with the second team the entire time, all through camp, all through preseason, which is why he asked to be released because obviously he thinks that he can contribute for real, right? Um, and, and so Edwards was given that first team role a long time ago. Um, John Edwards loves, uh, I'm sorry, um, John Rudin, like, loves the guy, he, he's been raving about him all offseason. Um, and I'm, I'm not letting him be on any waiver wires in any leagues that I'm in. That's for damn sure. He's like a must roster for me. Um, the Colts wire receiver situation got, got a little bit more interesting, you know, once T.Y. Hilton, you know, came down with that neck injury and they placed him on IR. It's possible that, you know, he has some sort of uh, procedure that will knock him out for the season. Uh, but that kind of brings in Paris Campbell and Zach Pascal to, to the light. Now... I'm a Paris Campbell truther. I think that he could do big things in this offense. But Zach Pascal is kind of in his way right now. And, you know, from what I've heard, you know, I've heard from people close to Indianapolis and close to the team that Zach Pascal is the dude that you want. That Zach Pascal is the guy that coaches like and that they're drawing plays up for him and not Paris Campbell. So take that for what you will. But I'm still drafting Paris Campbell ahead of Zach Pascal. I have to do it just because I think that if he does stay healthy, I think he can potentially be the number one target on this team in terms of raw targets out of the slot. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, but it could be a, it could be, you know, uh, just something that you know a, a little bit of a bias, because I'm a Paris Campbell guy, and I think that Zach uh, I think that Frank Reich can do so many you know it could do a lot with him, right and his skill set, and you know hes said it himself. Um, but you know, Campbell has to stay healthy and he has to kind of prove it. Um, yeah. So that's the situation there, but these are two guys that become very interesting. Um, you know, because either of them, whoever wins out that slot role will have a huge, um, potentially have a huge target share with the fact that Carson Wentz loves to target the slot. He's loved, he lo- he's loved to target the slot when with peer with Frank, right? Like he was in Philly. Um, and kind of this match, you know, made in heaven in terms of slot targets. So I I'm I'm hoping that it's Paris Campbell, but just know that it's 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 possible that it's Zach Pascal this year. At least to start the year. Um so a couple guys that could potentially hit in week one and then like, you know, people are kind of adding them on waivers. Obviously Deshaun Jackson, this is a thing every single year. Uh you know, maybe even Sammy Watkins. Um Sammy Watkins is actually not on this list. I'd rather, you know, take my shot on Deshaun Jackson because He's in the offense with Sean McVay because he has Matt Stafford. This is a completely different situation for him, and he, it's so, it's a situation where as long as he's healthy, he can probably produce. That's kind of how I see it. Uh, KJ Hamler, like if you're in a fourteen team fourteen team league, I think he's a good add. He's fast as hell, right? He's probably a better fit with Drew Drew Lock because of the arm, but he's still somebody that should be looked at. And you know, th- it is very possible that three wide receivers can be fantasy relevant on the Broncos. Quez Watkins, deep leagues also, uh, but he he can, you know, he, he's easily someone, you know, that we should be targeting in regular leagues as well. Uh after week one, it's very possible that we're like, oh shit, wow, he this guy's good and he produced. Uh he's a deep threat. He's very fast. He can easily be the second wide receiver in Philly behind Devontae Smith. He's been turning heads all camp long. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he has a big week one. Okay, tight ends. Th- these are the guys that I'm comfortable playing in week one that might be available in your league. Gerald Everett uh, in Indy. John Smith against Miami. Zach Ertz against the Falcons. Uh, Everett, I think he's going to be the number one target, you know, in terms of tight ends. Apparently him and Russell Wilson have a great rapport. Uh, he's going to be on a great offense. He, you know, is playing with his former uh, offensive coordinator. I think there's a lot of good things, you know, and former tight ends coach as well, who is now their offensive coordinator, I think there's a lot of good things uh, when it comes to Gerald Everett. You know, he's been, he's been one of my favorite late-round tight ends um, in this entire offseason. Uh, Will Disley did rotate in with him, you know, in their last preseason game with the starters, so that kind of sucks. But I do think that, you know, this you know talent can overcome, and I think Gerald Everett can be somebody who could potentially break out this year with Russell Wilson. Um, John smith you know, between the two, Him and Hunter Henry, I think John Smith can potentially be the guy who is more involved in the passing game. Uh, That remains to be seen, obviously, and it could easily be Hunter Henry. But, you know, he's somebody that I'm comfortable starting, you know, if I'm in a pinch at tight end. Zach Ertz uh, versus the Falcons. You know, Jalen Hurts has targeted his tight ends a ton last year. We saw a ton of targets to the tight ends this preseason as well from Hertz, whether it was to, to Ertz or Goddard. Um, so, you know, Ertz is somebody that might, could be available and can easily uh, be, you know, close to the number one target for Jalen Hurts uh, in week one. Here, here are some guys, some tight ends I'm interested in for later on. Could be long-term ads. Uh, Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz, you know, these are two tight ends – who have a huge upside in the Cowboys offense. Not if they rotate, but if one guy becomes the clear route runner, the clear tight end one here, which we haven't had yet. And you know, I think Blake Jarwin has the edge, um, even though he's coming off a big, big big injury. Um, but he's like the more talented between the two, but Dalton Schultz obviously, you know, doesn't have doesn't have to overcome what Jarwin has to overcome, but still, great offense. We Saw that you know whoever with the tight end was for the Cowboys was producing in a big way, so these are two guys that we should pay attention to. At least keep them on your watch list if you're not picking them up. Um, two very deep tight end potentials, uh, Juwan Johnson on the Saints and Donald Parham of the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, so, Juwan Johnson, you know, he's playing ahead of Adam Trotman right now in terms of routes run. Um, you know, Troutman's kind of staying into block, and, and Juwan Johnson is the guy who's running a ton of routes. Um, he's actually run, like, 50% of his routes from the slot, and he's ran, uh, he's actually run a route on, like, I think it was, like, 75% uh, of his snaps, which is legit this preseason. So, Juwan Johnson is somebody that you should be looking at in super deep leagues. Donald Parham, same thing. Um, you know, I know that Jared Cook is the tight end one as of right now, but I don't trust him. It's possible that Donald Parham can, you know, either split time or can potentially overtake Jared Cook at some point this season. All right, moving on to quarterbacks. Um, a couple guys you can stream this week. Ryan Fitzpatrick could be available against the Chargers. Uh, he's at home. He has his weapons. Uh, he has McLaurin. He has Curtis Samuel, who should be back this week. Um, he has J.D. McKissick. He has Antonio Gibson he has Diami Brown, maybe he is good too. <laughs> Who knows uh, how he's going to do in the regular season. Um but yeah, he has some weapons. You know, oh, how can I forget Logan Thomas? So, you know, he's in a situation where he could easily be fantasy relevant. Uh, he could easily be the quarterback one, you know, he you know, he always surprises us every single season. So, Ryan Fitzpatrick is always in the, you know, indefinitely in the streaming um category. Jameis Winston against Green Bay. Uh, you know, Jair Alexander is going to be on his number one target, Marcus Calloway. Who knows if he gets some, you know, shadow treatment. It's possible. Um, you know, who else would Jair be on, honestly? Um, but Jameis Winston, you know, has a lot of upside. He always has, um, he's in a relatively controlled offense, hopefully with Sean Payton. You know, he's going to have to have some guys step up, right? And, you know, Jameis Winston has used his tight end before. He obviously has Marcus Calloway. He has, uh, Alvin Kamara. Um, So, you know, who's going to be the guy who steps up, right? Is Trey smith going to come through? You know, there's a couple of other guys, you know, who could potentially get involved. uh, But there isn't any clear, you know, choice uh, in terms of um, pecking order as of right now outside of Alvin Kamara, Marquez Callaway. So, uh, James Winston's though, he's still in the streaming conversation, especially because of the fact that, you know, Green Bay is going to score. Right. Obviously the Bucks have a good uh, defense, but you know, Aaron Rodgers is likely likely to put up points in this game. Um, so, uh, you know, a couple season long guys, Tua Tagovailoa, I think he's being a little bit underrated. Um, based on the fact that this offseason he he seems to have grown. Camp he looked good. Um, preseason he's looked good. Uh, he has weapons. So this this week, you know, slightly tough matchup against the Patriots, but, you know, he's somebody that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up some big numbers over the first couple of weeks. Um, Zach Wilson, another season-long ad. Obviously not, not a bad matchup against the Panthers, but, you know, this is his first start of his NFL career, so we have to, like, pump the brakes on expectations. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, after week three or week four, he's somebody that, you know, people are starting to add uh, just to see if he can have, you know, a Justin Herbert type of rookie season. Sam Darnold against the Jets, revenge game in week one. Um, he has targets, you know, why not, right? DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, throw him out there, you know, if you need a streamer for whatever reason. Um, he's somebody that could potentially, um, you know, do, do his thing for you. Maybe you're in a two-quarterback league and you need that second quarterback. Um, so he, he's not a terrible option this, this week. The Jets' defense is going to be terrible. This year. They have absolutely no cornerbacks. Um, I think that's it. That's it. Um, you know, there are defensive streamers this week, but you guys can figure that out. Um, <laughs> I, I, there, are, there are a couple of defenses like this week, but they're most like mostly picked up. Um, there isn't any streamers that seem obvious to me. Um, if Denver's available, pick them up. But outside of that, you know, you probably picked up the guys that have picked up the defenses that have good matchups. Um, Alright, that's all I got. So I'll see you guys. Uh, In a couple days with another podcast, I'm going to do the matchups and and all that kind of stuff at the end of this week. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, I hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy the game on Thursday. That's going to be amazing. I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. This is Faraz Siddiqui at Upperhand Fantasy on Instagram. Take it easy, guys. See ya.